Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. everybody welcome back to private education the smart sex and relationships podcast i'm ashton keenan the host and my guest today is the other half of gaff i had one half of gaff on a couple of weeks ago which is joe linhan and caroline foreign is my guest today welcome caroline thank you so much for having me i'm so excited to have you because caroline has her own podcast and i'm mad about it i listen to it all the time it's called owning it the anxiety podcast am i right yes so that's named after your book Yes. One um, of your books. One of my books, yeah. Um, so I have two books that are out um, around that focus on anxiety. And yeah. then the second book is The Confidence Kit, which is more about the fear of failure and imposter syndrome and mm. building confidence. Um, and at the moment, I'm, I should be at home writing my third book. But <laughs> I just too, like, I can't resist having the chats yeah. in podcasts. I won't tell on you. I <laughs> Thank won't. you. Don't tell my um, editor. Do you feel a bit like you've become the, the spokeswoman for anxiety? Yes. Um, it's a little bit of pressure in that I still experience anxiety and yeah. I still feel it a lot. Um, and like when I've done magazine stuff promoting the books they've referred to me as like the millennial anxiety guru and I'm like hold on a minute I have a clue what I'm doing so that's yeah it's a little bit of pressure just to be like people like reference me at an event also said I have a question for the anxiety girl and I was like oh that's my oh, brand is that, now is that me <laughs> yeah. yeah but I'm trying to I'm trying to make it work for me so yeah, yeah. and in fairness it's not just anxiety because like you said the second one is about more imposter syndrome and fear of failure, which is a universal... Yeah, they're just more like you know. daily anxieties that everyone yeah. has. Yeah, yeah, Whereas yeah. the first book was about for people who are really struggling with crippling anxiety, which mm-hmm. was my experience. And then the books that have followed on and the book that I'm writing now is more just our general, the kind of anxieties and stresses that we have in, in every day that is common to everyone, I mm-hmm. think. Um, and the one of the things you mentioned to me, and one of the things I, I remember you talking about it before, I can't remember where, it could have been on your podcast, which I listened to, it mm-hmm. could have been on somebody else's podcast. Like I actually can't remember where I heard you talking about it, but you mentioned that... In relation, and this is why I wanted to have Caroline on, because you mentioned that you felt as though sex was for the person that you were having sex with yeah. and it was not to do with you. So mm-hmm. sex wasn't for, you didn't see as a, uh, see it as being for you. You saw it as being something that was for the person that you were having sex with. Yes, I actually think this was on a DM with you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I definitely have not uh, touched this subject before. Okay, so, so it must have been on DM. This is all new. <laughs> um, I guess for so long, it's something I didn't want to talk about because mm. I feel like I'm so obsessed with trying to like come up with a solution for something. Yeah. And when it comes to, or when it came to sex through my late teens where you have no idea what you're doing and my 20s where I still had no idea what I was doing, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I felt like there was something wrong with me. And okay. I didn't I didn't know that I could solve it. So therefore, I just turned a blind eye to it. Whereas yeah. with everything else in my life, I'm like problem, solution, identify it. Let's yeah, get on yeah, this. Yeah. Um, so I guess 
it goes back to the very beginning uh, where, and obviously I don't want to name any names, but... No, we, we won't name any names. No. Um, like, I'm so... I will tell you any... I'm so yeah. open, but I suppose you have to be considered the people the that, other person. that you had sex with. Totally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I struggle with that too because I'm... I, you know, on the podcast, I always want to give examples. Yeah. You know, when you... you make know, up names. You draw... Yeah, I ha- like, I'll have to make up names yeah. because you, you want to draw from your own experience yeah. and, and make it relatable. And I, I feel like aside from making up a name I feel like I have to respect the other person's experience as well yeah. which might not have been the same experience as mine exactly well we know. won't name names we but I, I have <laughs> not had a very exciting um, sexual history I've had sex with four people okay uh, I had a long term boyfriend my first was a, a long term boyfriend from when I was like 15 to 18 mm-hmm. and that kind of set me off on the negative headspace with sex so we only actually had sex one time because I was like it was only towards maybe being 17 I wasn't ready and I was like I don't want I don't want to and he was like come on like it's not cool for me to be a virgin whatever um as I mean now I can look back and say okay that was just the the lad culture maybe the mentality at the time but the fact that he actually said that to you yeah and it was like kind of like he was he was going to be turning 18 so like he couldn't be turning 18 and still be a virgin so it was like Mm. shit you better you know get over this and do it and so we did it and obviously it's shit and then you come away well when it's led into by I can't be a virgin when I'm 18 will you just ride me like it's hardly going to be romantic is it and then um, so we did it and I was like oh my god like I'm a new person like I'm never going to I'm born again no longer a virgin this is crazy and like what was the big deal really and actually I wasn't even that great so I don't know why everyone goes on about it and then about two weeks later we broke up okay and he well he I had to break up with him but it was like he basically he had already he was already over it he was already like moved on mentally to the next person but he wanted to tick that box with me okay so then I was straight away like had this negative association with the first time I have sex with the first love of my life and then the relationship is over because that's he just got it and and I mean I'm thinking sound like an asshole but for me that was what it was like yeah of course um and then so uh, so yeah so that was just I started off being like kind of traumatizing to be honest yeah a little bit traumatizing so I just felt like oh he's he's satisfied that now and now he's going to go on and and have sex with a person who he actually wants to have sex with but he just didn't want to be a virgin with that person Okay, I get you. Yeah. So now he have, might that must he have might been a, say, a confidence shaker. Yeah, it really was. And he might have he might have a different take on it. Um yeah. and then I then I went on to another relationship not long after. So from mm. maybe eighteen to uh twenty three. So like and now this guy was who I would call the big love of my life. Okay. And um we were so we were so bananas about each other, like we couldn't keep our hands off each other. And at the time me and my friend started talking about, you know, sex regularly. They were, you know, they were having sex with different people and having great times. And we were watching sex in the city and stuff. Yeah. And it was like, oh, my God, I came five times last night. And like, oh, my God, I was screaming the house down. And I was like, hmm. Interesting. Like, mute. Because I yeah. was like, OK, I don't know what's wrong with me. And I wouldn't say it out loud. But I just, what, what, when I started having sex with this guy, first of all, I, I waited for so long because I was like, you better not leave me yeah, as soon as we yeah, do this. Yeah, you had trauma related to that, yeah. yeah. And then when we started doing it, it was like fine. It was fine. But I think looking back, I was like, oh, I'm supposed to be doing this because it's supposed to be good and it's good for your relationship. But I was like, I don't really get anything out of it. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like embarrassed about that and ashamed and didn't know anything about what goes on down there. And also because I felt like I didn't really look forward to it. I could have kind of could have taken it or leaving it. Mm-hmm. Leaving it, is that a word? Um, I get what you mean though. I would have said the same thing. <laughs> taking it, leaving yeah, it. <laughs> but because of that, because I guess I had a sort of a shame thing around it, yeah. I didn't even explore them with myself. Yeah. So I didn't know. I mean, you're just 
prodding yourself up there being like yeah. when is this going to register with me that this is something like, what is Samantha when talking about good? Yeah. Why? Yeah. I don't understand um, and of course like he wouldn't have had a clue either yeah. and um, and then as that relationship kind of progressed uh, eventually it was a case of I think me getting me being so in it and so completely like in love and him getting complacent and and then we weren't sex became something that was like we have to have sex because if we don't what does it mean about our relationship mm-hmm. and and for me I think it went back to if I'm not having sex with him he's not going to love me mm-hmm. even though that may yeah. have been my issue yeah and caused probably by the guy who yeah had sex with you and then broke up with yeah you. so like, there were so many times where I was like oh Jesus I better just have sex now because he would be nicer to me he'd be in better form he'd you know and again that's not his fault that's just like no. young lads like he was like and in fairness to him he was like you should want to have sex with me I was like I know but I just it doesn't feel good for me so I just I would I would so easily have just been like completely celibate and I was like what is wrong with me like and then my friends meanwhile are like oh he's came three times last night and I'm like oh my god and I wouldn't have had the confidence then that I have now to be like I don't have that there's something wrong yeah yeah Um, but as an 18 19 20 year old in university when all your friends are claiming now it's probably it probably wasn't true um, and what what the claims were but you know it's not you don't have that confidence to go actually and to be the one person who stands up and says do you know what sex actually isn't that great for me yeah so I'm not surprised that you you were mute about it and you didn't I was completely mute about it and I really did feel that it was my fault even though I think it was partly born of the experience my, my first sexual experience and also because my relationship was no longer working and I felt that the only way I could keep it working was to just keep having sex and and mm-hmm. you know having sexual interactions when it was it was just for the wrong reasons yeah like band-aid sex exactly Se- sex to keep yeah the relationship I was like love together. me yeah. yeah and um because for women love and sex are so, so closely yeah. linked so that you know you think if I have sex with him like that and I've had this in the past as well where um, you almost use the physical intimacy to try and yes, exactly. build the yeah. emotional intimacy yeah. that you're craving. Yes, exactly. And then I started to, you know, not just feel like I don't want to do it because I'm not in the mood, but I was like, I don't feel loved. I don't feel nurtured. I don't feel like you're so in love with me. I feel like you just want to like blow your load because you're a guy and you have to just do that every now and then. I don't feel like that it matters that it's me. So I started to pull away from it for that reason too. And then I just had this messed up negative idea of sex in my head yeah. where I was just like, There's something wrong with me. Um, if I don't do it, people leave me and um, I'm not going to bother addressing it because I've no idea how to solve the problem. And did you have anyone who you could talk to? No, I was too afraid to talk to anyone. Mm. But I remember, I remember my mom saying to me and I actually reference this in my next book. So she'll die. And I actually, oh my God, <laughs> I did an event in New York to launch my book when it came out over there in um, the American and Irish Historical Society mm-hmm. and there was loads of people there it was great uh, including some of my really elderly relatives uh, one of whom like is just recovering from a stroke or something and, I, and then I tell the story of the time that my mom was like are you sure you're getting enough orgasms <gasps> your just, mother did my not mother say to check, that to you check, Caroline my mother wanted to check in with me she's like you know you're supposed to feel good because oh I don't know see I'm very open with her anyway I, lo- I love this but yeah. I'm also simultaneously horrified because yeah. I'm just picturing my mom saying that <laughs> yeah. to me and I can't because she was like you know because I would obviously go to her and be like oh you know I'm, I'm upset and she's like and what about like the physical side and I'd be like oh mom Scarlett yeah. uh, and and then I was like yeah I don't really I don't really like want to do that or you know, I don't like it or whatever and she's like I was like why like I don't know what the big deal is like it's supposed to be good and she's like yeah and I was like my mum has a better sex life than me <laughs> so I told the story but I remember I very vividly remember my mum saying to me like it's 
it's supposed to be for you to feel good, to feel like pleasure. And I was like, what? Like it was never, whenever I had sex, it was never about me. It was like, do this because you need to, because the relationship won't work. It was never about me lying back and enjoying myself. It was always, and this is again, this is coming from me, not necessarily from the partner, Mm -hmm. but this is me. I need to service him and not, what can I get out of this at all? I want to be loved emotionally. That matters to me more than being satisfied physically. And I thought that I was dead physically down there anyway. But you probably, yeah, like like that, you probably didn't realise that the physical side was required. You probably didn't realise, you, you were thinking, okay, the emotional side is what's important here. And mm. if that, if I have to perform, like performative sex is such a massive, massive problem, I think, for a lot of women. Yeah. Um, and at this stage then, had you had an orgasm? No. So... I your mom was you your mom literally was having a bed <laughs> literally like yeah <laughs> so then we eventually broke up and it was it was just devastating okay. and it was like a and actually when we broke up we continued to have sex the odd time and and mm. actually funnily the sex got much better because I didn't feel the pressure of this has to work it was like I had nothing to, there was no you know pressure the context of the relationship, of the relationship. Wasn't there, yeah. and I yeah. was like oh god like why couldn't we just be like this but it was but we could only have it be sort of good because I because it was we shouldn't be doing it mm. and then in a weird way then for me sex became something that was like I enjoy it if it's kind of wrong or bold yes kind of taboo or a little bit you shouldn't yeah. really be doing this or yeah yeah okay. and then um and then I was single and I was like I remember like meeting different guys and I had the sexual mentality of a 14 year old so I was like maybe we'll kiss maybe you'll feel my leg and <laughs> like not in a million years am I gonna go home with you I've yeah. never had a one night stand and yeah. not because I would judge anyone for it but I was so terrified I was like someone needs I, this is so sad but I was like I want to be loved before I have sex with yeah. someone yeah. and because, and also because I had no idea that I could enjoy it for what it was yeah. I was like why would I have sex with someone I don't know yeah. and I'm gonna be so shit at it first of all because I've no experience of being good Clearly, I've got a bad track record of, of doing it with people and then them leaving me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is like, you were probably thinking, you know, the reason you were probably saying to yourself in your, you know, I want to be loved before I have sex is because you had experience of someone, you know, who you thought you were in love with or whatever or you were in love with, then having sex with them and then them just going. So you were thinking, OK, I need to secure the relationship mm. and make sure that's all OK before I give it up. Because mm. if I don't, the repeating pattern is going to. Yeah. continue yeah I think so and then so I had like another like a couple of sexual exploits with one person at, in that time but it was mm. again I, like I was confused and I had a very mental block about sex and I couldn't just have fun with it and um, I was always thinking of the context of what does this mean and are we you know like mm. in a relationship and then I met my now husband Barry and um he will actually he doesn't know I'm recording this so I think I might just not tell him yeah, just don't tell him. Just don't. He will I, die. I, I mean, sure he does not even want to appear on my Instagram. I have to fight to get him to go on an Instagram story. <laughs> yeah. And he knows that I have no filter whatsoever. But he might like to hear this part is that only when I was with him after a while did I finally have an orgasm that was not from myself. Yeah. And I was like, thank fucking Christ. You're not dead inside. You're not broken. You're a woman. I finally felt like a woman. I finally felt like, hang on, this is something that could be for me. This is actually fun. I want to do this regularly. Yeah. And now, admittedly, uh, to get super graphic on you, I, I don't orgasm vaginally. Yeah. I'm all about the clit. Yeah. clit. And the, I, I'm probably like 80-20. Yeah. So it's and like 80% clitoral, 20% vaginal. And the vaginal ones are like, unicorns it's like it happens once in a blue moon when I'm least expecting it okay. and I have to be like it's it's like the stars have to align yeah. for it to happen that way yeah um if I want to just knock one out myself yeah it's always clear yeah 
I, <laughs> not nothing even mind. needs to go in there yeah like, oh no 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 like I mean literally there's no need no need <laughs> yeah like there is no need so I hear you on that and I think that's I think that would be something that a lot of women would say yeah, yeah. and I felt for even for a while with him because you know he would have been like oh let's try and and like I guess he would have felt like is he doing something wrong if I'm not yeah. orgasming vaginally and I was yeah. like I just don't think it's like I think it's really common not to and I'm gonna stop beating myself up over this mm-hmm. and look what we're doing works for us and like I still really enjoyed having sex I, like penetrative sex yeah. I just didn't you know orgasm from yeah. it but it's not like he I mean he was always so and it all still is like wants me to have as much pleasure as him in the situation yeah. or and I still feel it's funny because sometimes he's like oh like like we have sex okay and, and I, if I, I haven't come obviously because I haven't I wouldn't come that way and then he's like oh like do you want me to do something for you and I still feel like guilty or something yeah. I still feel like do I deserve yeah do I deserve to be okay, have pleasure just Looked for pleasure's sake yeah. just for me yeah um, because I do still feel a sense of when we've had sex, it's like box ticked uh, sexual barometer of relationship healthy. Yeah. Therefore, yeah. I can relax. He's, he loves me. He's going to continue to show me with affection. I still have that mental block where I feel like and and if we have, a, you know, obviously being married and being busy and tired and sometimes you're like, Jesus, I haven't had sex in like a week or whatever, even longer. And I start to, I don't, I don't think, Jesus, I need a ride. I think, oh fuck, I need to have sex. We better do this. Or else what does this mean about our yeah, yeah, relationship? Yeah. No, but even, I mean, I would consider, I would consider my sex life now to be healthy, but I still occasionally feel that way. So I have this app that monitors my, my periods and my cycle. Yeah, flow. And yeah, flow. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And it's for, that's for health reasons. It's not, mm. I'm not, you know, trying to conceive or anything like that. It's literally just, I put in when I have headaches, I put in when I'm moody, I put in those kind of things to kind of almost, almost like to let myself know when to ease off on work or, you know, yeah. but one of the things that that monitors is how often you have sex. So every time I have sex, I put it in a little note. Jeez, the, I don't do any of that flow. note taking. It's, it's fantastic to, because then you can look back. So it puts a little love heart on the date <sighs> and what I do is I'll have a look and I'll be flicking through the flow app to see when I'm due my period or whatever and I'll go oh there's just some just some love heart gaps there I haven't had the love hearts in a while and then I'll go oh yeah I better better get it so it's all I'm almost gamifying yes. my sex yeah, life yeah, yeah. which like, is horrific but also I know that I'll feel better he'll feel better we'll feel better as a couple so in a way you know it's like okay to saying, approach it that okay way it's okay to approach it that way it is okay to put a bit of structure in yeah because we you know we're both very busy um you're you and your husband both have jobs you both like I mean you have seven jobs here mm-hmm. you know you're constantly things going on mm-hmm. you know and you're married so you it's it does take work like everyone says marriage is, is work or even long-term relationships yeah. take work and and it doesn't it's okay if sex is part of that yeah. you know it's okay if you want to or if you feel you need to go better tick that box that's fine yeah, yeah. it's it's when like you said, it's when it comes around to you're taking the box for someone else. Yes. That that's yeah. more of an issue. Yeah. I just feel finally so relieved that, you know, I'm not missing something. I'm not like, I honestly thought that there was some kind of little bodily bit that I was lacking. Like a G spot that I just didn't. I know people don't necessarily know that they have G spots. I definitely never found mine, but internally. But I thought, I really thought I was broken in the same way that I've always thought that I was broken the way I am with like anxiety and you know my sort of predisposition towards anxiety I was always I've always just had this feeling of like I'm just like missing a step or something and I guess that's all played into my relationship with sex as well Mm -hmm. um and yeah it's it's just wonderful now to be like and even for in terms of like 
myself, even with nothing to do with my husband. It's so nice to be like, I've got a free day. I'm going to go upstairs and have a little play with myself Mm -hmm. and feel like a woman and not like a child who's, you know, scared and feel like a sexual person and not feel embarrassed about it or feel ashamed about it. Yeah. And when did that like, um, so obviously like in your first relationship when you were quite young, you weren't you weren't masturbating and then in the no. second in the second one like when did that enter your life when did the masturbation after enter your life? I broke up with the second the boyfriend second, okay. when I was trying to I had the space because I wasn't in a relationship I had the mental space to be yeah. like let's just focus on you for a while yeah. I didn't want a relationship I didn't want to know about anybody I just wanted to feel like I could exist by myself because I'd had these serial relationships mm. since I was a child and um, it was only then when I took the pressure off when there was no one else to please but me I didn't have to worry about is he gonna think I'm shit at this or then it happened yeah when and did it happen for the first time when did you have your first orgasm alone yeah yeah okay yeah and like I, I feel like a lot of women are do you like the idea that sex wasn't for you but it was for your partner in a heterosexual relationship do you feel like that was almost a societal thing that was in your head? Do you think that played into it at all? Probably. Like as in, you know, the con- the notion that the man is the one who gets pleasure and the girl is not supposed to love sex. You know that thing, yeah. that old trope. I think so. I think because, you know, maybe as women, it's it's not our first port of call. Like we've, you know, we're caregivers naturally, that kind of thing. And maybe with men from an evolutionary perspective, their their whole thing is sow the seed and yeah. and like, you know, get their business out there. And for me, I always felt like the other um, big drives of life, such as hunger or the need to sleep or the need to feel love kind of overshadowed the need to just feel physical pleasure. Yeah. Um, And I think I found comfort in other things like chocolate. And, you know, I I just I think it would have been different if I had felt like the person is wanting to do this with me because they they just want so desperately to do with me because they love me and not because I need to be having sex because I'm a lad and come on. Yeah, yeah, you know. but and yeah, just, definitely cultural conditioning in there. I think. Yeah, there ha- like there has to be. I think it's in all of us, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. You know, um, did you ever have? Did you ever have a one night stand in the end? No, no. Um, and you and I wish I had. Yeah, no. I was just gonna say. Do you feel like that's yes. missing? Yes, I absolutely okay. do. And I wish. And I say this to my husband all the time. I'm like, yeah. God damn you! Like I was just <laughs> finally coming around to sort of being okay by myself, and then he came in and like hung around like a bad smell for like nine months until I eventually was like oh fine I'm your girlfriend um but yeah I do feel now everyone who I've spoken to about it I mean what I'm getting from one night stands is what I watch in movies where it's like so hot and so you know exotic and steamy and and no like and because I'm so unbelievably shy uh not in terms of speaking but in terms of my body like Mm -hmm. I just would not be parading around naked in front of someone who I didn't feel was so comfortable I was comfortable with mm-hmm. um I think I would have felt huge pressure to perform I would have felt huge pressure to be the fantasy that they maybe think you're going to be if they meet you for a drink yeah. and then in reality you're like waking up with your hair everywhere and you know yeah. Yeah. um and I think I didn't do it for a reason I think I was afraid yeah um yeah. but I think maybe if I was more confident now I think I would now yeah now that I also know that like Oh, I can get something out of this. Yeah. And, you know, the having, like, having the one night stand thing, I mean, for me, I've only had one, but it wasn't even a real one night stand. Like, you know. You kind of knew them. Yeah, I did. Mm. And and because, um, I think because of this podcast, there's an assumption that I have, you know. Had loads of Had sex. a rake of sex. <laughs> <laughs> and my, I've actually only ever had sex with five people. Mm. So you and I, in terms of the, the number 
yeah. if you like aren't that different yeah but in terms of the experience probably different because from when I was 16 I don't know where I got it from but I I had the notion that sex was for me yeah I didn't even I wasn't thinking this is for someone else. like that that didn't even come into it I was actually kind of sexually selfish you might say Perfect. I was I don't but I, know. <laughs> I, I don't know where it came from but the one one night stand I did have because I knew the person and uh, no I didn't I'd never met them before but I had been in contact with them um via you know electronic means for a certain number of months. MSN messenger <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of back and forth on, on chat I think we were actually using uh google hangouts or gchat at the time which is bizarre but anyway i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Um, it wasn't the... It wasn't the moment I thought it was going to be. I felt like, like you said, a box needed to be ticked off, a one night stand. I ne- needed to have that experience. So I was single. I was like, look, I'm just going to do it and did and fine. But it didn't, like, I didn't feel like I had achieved anything after it, you know. Mm. And I feel like for you, you strike me as a person who's a, focused on achievement and focused mm. on problem solving. Like you said, you like to be able to find something that's, perceived as wrong and or yeah. a problem and then figure out a way to fix that yeah. so when you thought that you had this problem that you couldn't have sex you couldn't be comfortable with sex did you like set out a project and go okay this is what I'm gonna do no and it's the only time in my life the only issue that I've come up against where I just like I remember my boyfriend at the middle one saying like let's talk about it like let's maybe try and experiment and I was just like oh no like because I don't think I can fix this and I think because what I couldn't fix was I was like I just don't really care about having sex because I don't know like I'm what that's a horrible thing to say to someone because it wasn't really I don't have sex with you I fancied the arse off him yeah. it was like I just don't want to I don't want to have to face this because like I can't fix it mm. so I just literally turned a blind eye and do you do you think do you think you had a low sex drive I think I do have a lower sex drive than a lot of my friends. Okay. Um, And I I think that's something that I now am like okay with. Like I think I could quite happily get by on like, and not even get by. I'd get by with no sex, but obviously you want to have sex with your partner because you love them. And I'm sure if I wasn't in a relationship, I'd eventually be like, Jesus Christ. No, but Um, like, I mean, I I can get by without sex. Like it's not, for me, it's not... You know, it's more intimacy that I crave. Yeah, same. And, and, and you know, yeah, of course, orgasms are deadly. But yeah. like, it's not, if I if I was to have no sex for a while and just kind of look after myself or whatever, I'd be fine. Yeah, it's not like we're like, oh my God, I need to orgasm because I'm going to explode. Whereas yeah. a guy will literally, like, 
well god I can't, I can't say this but sometimes it's like Caroline I know we're really tired but I just need to okay <laughs> can we just have sex and I'm like yeah. okay that's completely fine yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah just no I, I didn't want to I didn't want to address it and I felt really bad I felt like if I admitted that then I was admitting that the relationship wasn't working and yeah. I didn't want to lose him because I loved him so much mm-hmm. so and when you got with Barry yeah um, when you eventually conceded to being his girlfriend yeah um, did you have an upfront chat with him about your sex life and your sexual experience thus far? I were n- n- probably not straight away, but I remember we went on, we were kind of sort of just randomly kind of kissing each other on nights out, but mm. it was very casual because I was like, literally stay away. Not, not, not a stay away from you, creep, <laughs> but like, I am not in the headspace for a relationship. Yeah. And he was yeah. like, let's go out. Let's, and I was like, no. And then eventually it was like the Christmas break uh, between Christmas and New Year's. And he's like, come on, just go on a date with me. And I was like, okay, fine. Went on a date with him. We had a lovely time. And then when it was like time to go home, he's like, oh, like, you want to come back to mine? And I was like, what? I was like, no, 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 no. You totally don't know who you're on a date with. Like, <laughs> there is no way. And I I just couldn't. I was like, no. Well, first of all, I hadn't had a wax. I was like, no way you're seeing that. <laughs> Second of all, I was done. just like, I don't know, trust you yet. I don't, I couldn't, I don't know. I just couldn't do it. It was, I just couldn't do it. And, um, but I also didn't care because I knew he was so into me. So I was like, I don't think you're going to be like, oh, fuck that. Like, I knew if he, if he liked me, he'd go out with me again. And maybe when I felt comfortable, we would. Um, and I don't know why I'm such a prude like that with myself, but I am. And then we, that was Christmas week. But then I decided him and his friends are going down to Kilkenny for New Year's for the weekend. And then it was like, why don't you guys come? So me and a couple of my friends went down as well. And I remember, oh God, I was like, you're going to have to do it now down here. Because like, you're yeah. all staying in a hotel. Yeah, yeah, if you yeah. don't do it, you're just a big fat loser. And yeah. like, what's wrong with you? And what excuse are you going to come up with? It's like the old weekend away yeah. pressure, isn't it? Oh my God, it was so much pressure. I can't tell you how fucking awful it was. And we both knew we were going to like give it a go. But I, but I was like having an outer body experience of like, this is another Caroline. This isn't me. Like I'm, you know, but it, I wasn't like, it was, I obviously consented to it, but I was like, yeah. I, so like I went and I got my wax and then I, I was like kind of nervous all night. And then we eventually were like, oh, I need to go get my coat from the hotel room. And we went back to the hotel and, or to the hotel room. And then like, because everyone was staying there, and we were all pissed. People started like banging on the door because we were all like sharing different rooms. And we're there trying to like have sex the first time. And people are like yes. banging down the door being like, yeah, I forgot my something. And it was just not happening. We were like, okay, it's not happening. It's not happening. And I just knew, I was like, that was just too soon for me. Like, yeah. I, why am I putting myself under pressure? I'm not ready. Yeah. And then it was a couple of weeks later after a couple more dates, I actually had been unwell. Um, I had like a fluid thing. So I was like, this last thing I feel like doing yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. And then one night when there was like no pressure at all I was happy to go back with him and and then we had sex and I was like oh my god that was actually good and then we did it again the next morning and I was like oh my god like that wasn't just like a one-time you know unicorn yeah, like you say off, yeah and then because for so long I I was obviously like I don't want to be in a relationship I, I just was trying to get over this other relationship and I, I felt I owed it to myself to be alone mm-hmm. but for the first time in my life I was like but I'm really enjoying having sex so can I just kind of continue doing that without being in a relationship? And I said that to him. I was like, look, I'm having so much fun with you, um, but I don't want a relationship. But like, I really like hanging out and kind of gave him the option of saying, do you want to just have sex with me? And like, let's just do this and have fun. Or do you really need the lovey-dovey stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and at first he was kind of like, you know, if you're not into it, I don't, I'm not going to do it if you're not, if you're just like going to just keep cutting it off, or whatever. Yeah. And then eventually he was like, what am I doing? I'm like a red-blooded male. Let's just have loads of sex and yeah, have fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, event, because then I took the pressure off again. There was no pressure to like have to do this because you're in a relationship. Yeah. I could just enjoy the sex for what it was. And then I fell in love with him. Yeah. 
And then yeah. he went away for a few months and for work and I went over and joined him and we just were doing it the whole time. And I eventually was just like, oh my God, Caroline, thank God, like you're not a damaged person. And to this day, we have like a healthy sex relationship. Now, I obviously need to work on it sometimes because yeah. sometimes I fall back into those mindsets of mm-hmm. thinking, oh, have I satisfied Barry because he'll leave me? Yeah. Which he won't, but yeah. like... Yeah. And also, I think it's very important to be with someone who matches your sex drive. Yeah. Because, you know, I think me and Barry are very similar. He will absolutely, I'm going to get divorced when he listens to this. <laughs> or someone else will listen and send it to him and I will be single once again. And then maybe I'll have my one night stand. <laughs> <laughs> You'll take that box. Yeah. <laughs> and the divorce box, which is not oh, a box yeah. anyone wants to shake. No. Um, although I do refer to my husband regularly as my current husband. Oh yeah, first husband. Yeah. I remember trying on, <laughs> I was trying on wedding dresses and his mom, Barry's mom was with me. And um, I tried on like a kind of very simple conservative dress. And I was like, this is kind of more like second husband wedding dress. Like it wasn't the, the wow factor I wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like, hmm. Like, I'm only messing, but I'm also kind of. But not. also, you know, maybe you know. Not. Yeah, Barry's um, my Barry's my current. He's the latest, as my dad the calls him. Husband. The latest husband. Just man. the latest person the in your life. Yeah. Um, and you know the way you're saying, you know, when you eventually did start enjoying sex, you said, "Thank God, I'm not a damaged person." Mm. Do you think that you're leaving aside what kind of happened that? horrific guy when you were a teenager that had sex with you and then broke up with you or mm. that that you know whatever leaving that aside do you think that your damaged person idea of yourself sexually was linked to your damaged person idea of yourself from an anxiety perspective yeah do you think they were inter- intertwined yeah I think so I think there's just been this common thread where I for some reason think I was like dropped in my head or something <laughs> and that everything that's normal for people I'm like Mm, like I'm running behind I'm catching up um that has I don't know where it comes from but um yeah I definitely I definitely do think they're linked and I think a perfectionist thing as well where Mm -hmm. you know and again because growing up I you know we we both grew up in the era of like people only talking about the good things yeah not really talking about the bad things Mm -hmm. definitely not in any way like owning their vulnerability and now I feel like I'm finally myself I feel like a very together person because I have finally accepted the fact that I'm vulnerable and like talking about my insecurities or you know I was only on Instagram the other day talking about anxiety at a press event social anxiety where I was just like oh god does anyone else find this just really hard that only now that I kind of stopped trying to pretend like I was okay am I actually okay and I'm actually comfortable with the fact that maybe I feel a bit out of step with Mm. the rest of people sometimes. So taking the pressure off because like that was really interesting what you said when you were kind of having sex casually with Barry that when you took the pressure of the relationship away yeah that was when you actually found yourself and you fell in love with him and you found the fact that you loved having sex with him yeah it's kind of like stop trying to you know shove a round peg into a square hole or shove a penis into a vagina (laughs) and just like let it happen or or own it which is you know my whole message um is to just sort of okay you're feeling vulnerable okay okay you're anxious okay you feel you know that you're not really quite sure what you're doing sexually Mm -hmm. that's okay and it's not your fault and you can explore it without the pressure of a gun to your head yeah the perfectionism that you that you're talking about like I I feel that quite strongly as well Mm -hmm. I think I don't know it's just one of my one of my kind of overarching personality traits that I just want to do everything really well yeah and if I don't it causes me great stress um like did you feel pressure to be very good at sex yes because of what I was watching on the TV and movies and um, of course, like that is just, that is so much the problem yeah. of like what we consume in, in movies and TV where I was like, first of all, she's orgasming within like five seconds. 
and he's barely touched her he's barely touched her or she like still has a full he even on. has just kissed her neck and she's like heaving and yeah. I'm like I'm sitting there being like um, yeah it's great <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I just think that's so what unfair what sort of neck kisses yeah. is this woman getting that and then she's like <laughs> with things like girls the TV show or, yeah. or different stuff like um, more kind of contemporary finally again content that really reflected how we really live our lives and stopped everything stopped being so aspirational and started being way more relatable and I think for me that's what I hope is my selling point and what I write and do is like I don't want to be aspirational I can't keep up with the pressure of everyone else I just want to be as I am when I am how I am and that's relatable and that's the content that I respond to myself Mm -hmm. in movies and tv because I'm like yeah that's exactly what it's like yeah you mentioned Sex and the City a while ago and (laughs) Sex and the City I adore it like it's one of my favorite shows but it, it has to be said that you know everyone always draws on the example of Carrie is a freelance journalist who has one job one column somewhere and yet she lives in a stunning apartment with yeah. like floor to ceiling windows in Manhattan mm-hmm. and buys hundred euro pair, pairs of shoes every waking moment. Yeah. And they all everyone always talks about that as being the unrealistic part. But I sometimes think of Samantha and how how I'm sure it's realistic for a small minority, but I don't think her sex life is in any way reflective of the majority of women and yeah. how much they like she says there's a there's a line I think it might actually be in one of the films and she says like she's upset because her and her fella aren't having um sex because he's off working and she says before you know it we'll be one of those couples who only has sex three or four times a week <laughs> yeah. and she says that as if it's the worst thing yeah. that could happen that she's only having sex mm. three or four times a week and I know you know, Samantha is is the extreme. Yeah. And everyone and knows that. And they definitely that. exaggerate that and character. And they definitely exaggerate her character. They totally do. Mm. But I also think that plants a seed in women being like, three or four times a week, should I be having sex three or four? Like, and I want to get across the fact that there is no should no. when it comes to sex. No. Would you agree? Do you think oh, 100%. like... percent And even, and I suppose the same could be said about like, you know, anxiety. There's no, there's no framework that you should fit into. No, there's no one size fits all. I think you just need to really tune into yourself and sometimes if you're not feeling like having sex it's because you're not giving yourself the space to feel it Mm -hmm. so it's not just that you're not arsed it's that so sometimes I find myself when when we are having sex or when I do orgasm I'm like geez why didn't I do that like the other day or I kind of only when I'm in it I'm like this is really good but when I'm out of it and I'm just getting on with my day and I'm you know working whatever again because of the way women are women need to be brought into the like we need to kind of be stimulated in order to want to do it and yeah. kind of not romance, but there's a bit of a narrative that goes with it for women, I think. Whereas with men, it can be just more transactional. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's completely true. I think for, for men, it is very transactional. It's very, and it, and it can almost be turned on and off quicker for men. Oh, yeah. Whereas for women, and again, sweeping generalization, but I feel like there needs to be a bit more groundwork put in for 100%. Us. And like, I don't just mean in the physical sense as in, you know, to get yourself to a point where you can actually physically have sex. Yeah. But the mental preparation. That's the big thing for me. And like, that's what I'm always conscious of. You know, when I say to Barry, you know, of course, like we can just like say, oh, let's just jump into bed or whatever. I was like, but like, maybe I'm really old fashioned, but like come in from work and like give me like a lingering kiss and tell me I look beautiful and put me in that mindset where I feel like I want to be intimate with you. It's because it's not, even like with porn, right? I 
have watched a fair bit of it just to try and like what's it all about I just get nothing out of porn where it's just like a vagina and a wheelie going at it Same. I'm like show me the office manager and the whatever give and me a story give me line. a story and he's like I'm so PG-13 but like I just like want to see or I want to feel like we're having sex in the context of like a lovely moment or something yeah. like that yeah. or that I'm you know and sometimes and I'm a dirty bitch as well sometimes like it's yeah. not all like let's love making no. but it's it's the it's the nurturing around it that I think is, yeah. is kind of important and yeah and it's not you know when you say you want your husband to come home and like give you a long kiss and that's not because you're like romance equals love mm. and let's make love it's not that it's more so you need to get signals to start telling your brain to prep for this because this might happen yeah. soon. Well, you're like, you need to kind of wake up your body to those senses yeah. and even to things like touch, you know, yeah. it's it's so much more about just bringing, it's mindfulness even as in well, way, like getting yeah. yourself into the moment of like, how does stuff feel on your body and mm-hmm. um, being in the moment, which is something I think in this day and age we're so bad at. Um, so sometimes, you know, you're having sex and you're not in the room yeah. and it's, that's not a nice place to be. Like, no. So for me, actually having sex now is such a good opportunity to really try be in the moment like, be in the moment yeah. and cut everything else off yeah. and just focus on things like how does this feel or even say right you know for example when you first start going out with someone and then they graze off your hand and you're like <gasps> whereas yeah. now like whatever it's you're yeah. so used to it yeah. but like to go back to that point where sometimes like you know we'll be like holding hands or just kind of like grazing each other and I, I'm trying to tune in to feel what that feels like yeah. and then everything else starts to kind of light up yeah you know yeah. so I don't maybe I'm overthinking it but I no I, f- I feel the same I completely agree and I feel the same way it's it's and this is something that I would um encourage people anyone listening that's uh has, having a lull in their sex life which happens to us all all the time it's mm-hmm. not this is a universal thing if you're having a, a it comes in peaks and troughs so if you're in a trough and you're like we haven't had sex in ages and god it's actually gotten to the stage now where I'm I feel awkward about it or I feel a bit shy about it or do I know how to touch my mm-hmm. partner or do whatever what I would always say is bring in those micro moments of intimacy. So yeah. when you're in the kitchen, instead of just passing by each other at the fridge, mm. pass them by and touch their bum. Yeah. Or pass them by or and the give back them their kiss neck. in the back of their neck. Or pass them by and like squeeze their hand. Little things like that, little romantic gestures make it, it's almost like an unspoken way of telling your partner that you're feeling. It's the language of love. It's the, lang- it is the <laughs> really? language of love. It actually is. Um, so those sorts of things help and I think as well it's important to remember that you know and this is something that I think women again it's a generalization but I think for me anyway I know I forget sometimes that I am also a sexual being like mm, well yeah I definitely because guys guys go around with that cap on the whole time whereas we have to take it off we have to be the mother or yeah. the wife or the we've to do this professional thing or we've to do this for our career and we forget sometimes that that's o- it's okay for us to wear that cap all the time. Yeah, I mean, it's okay to have a Sunday in bed where you're just like having sex all day and like just totally. being so lazy. Whereas that feels like, oh, geez, we should be doing something better with our time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We should be at a museum right now. We yeah. shouldn't be just here having the ride. But um, I like want to, I don't know if um, you'd agree with this, but I want mm. to kind of people to see sex almost as self-care. I think so. In I, a way. I really, really would think that's a great place to position it yeah. um, as you know, if, if you find it hard to take time out for yourself to, to switch off, well, then it's actually called temptation bundling, where oh. if you um, if you say you're trying to be motivated to do something and uh, something that maybe like, OK, I'm going to not that you have to earn your sex. But if you if you attach something that's like a kind of a prize that if, if you find it hard to switch off, right, you're like, I need to do this thing where I switch off because I know I'll be better mental health wise. Attaching something like sex to it 
makes it more motivated to do it because it's like a kind of a, a result from it and like a, a worthy investment and you'll feel extra good about it. So I think okay. if you can, yeah, if you can temptation bundle your sex onto your mindfulness. Is is there a chapter on temptation bundling in one of your books? I have temptation bundling in the second book. Yes. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. But usually it's for making you do something that you don't want to do. Okay. But still, <laughs> but that's yeah, I mean, good it can for still, you. Yeah, yeah. You can still, it can be a positive thing. I yeah. Suppose. But like, even if you're like, okay, do my, my five minutes of mindfulness, what, why don't you say, twice or once or twice a week your you know your 20 minutes of mindfulness will be like an orgasm yeah great yeah even if it's for yourself well can i ask as well um before we wrap up um orgasms for me i always um when you see like we were talking about films and 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 even Mm -hmm. porn orgasms last 30 seconds long 40 seconds long a minute long yeah mine are significantly shorter than that yes and I, I don't understand where this rumor began that they last for like a minute and a half. I don't know. They really, they, That's they really very don't. Misleading. It's yeah. very misleading. And I almost feel like um, the best part for me is the ten seconds yes. before the orgasm. Yeah, yeah. you're like, starts. please don't let it come and go, please. Don't let it come and go. <laughs> and when you realize it's a sure thing, yeah, there's, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a couple. Oh, of it's seconds. like you literally go off the cliff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and I just think that's if, if we're counting in that few seconds then maybe we'll get closer to like 20 seconds but that's that's the max for me yeah although I would love to um meet and speak to someone who has epically long orgasms for hours that would be I, or or who they can just go again and again yeah, and again yeah, and again yeah. like I'm knackered afterwards <laughs> yeah look, I'm like right come on downstairs put on Netflix put on our pajamas yeah. I don't need to look hot anymore I can look like an absolute moon pig and <laughs> um, we've taken care of that bit so it's fine <laughs> I, I would also say that like making yourself feel like if, if I haven't been feeling sexy it's probably because I've been like in my pajamas at home mm. with pseudocreme on my face and looking like shit yeah. because it's so easy to do that when, especially when these kind of wintry nights and yeah. you know I work for when myself you're comfortable with your partner yeah exactly yeah. but if you get so comfortable that you don't make an effort then you yourself don't feel like I want you want to find yourself attractive by looking in the yeah. mirror and like yeah. sometimes it's just you know sometimes it's just putting on a nice outfit and then and then and for them to kind of notice you again and then I don't know it just kind of puts a little it's again like that little micro moment of yeah. like ooh, we're, we're not just passing ships in the night we're not just like joined to the hip yeah. we're yeah. we're actually two individual people with you know sexuality and yeah. Yeah, I just think that's important for for yeah. you to feel good about yourself physically, to want to have sex as well. Because sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like, oh no, like I, especially if it's just before my period, I'm like, I feel horrible. I'm so gross. And he's like, you say this every month, and you're <laughs> and you're fine. Yeah. But like, I'm not gonna enjoy it if I feel gross. Yeah. So yeah. you know. Yeah, it's a two way street. It totally is. Caroline, thanks so much. I know you're going to come back in and talk to me again about. Yes. Um, we're gonna we're gonna chat again about not about sex necessarily, but Thank about Christ. About <laughs> did that make you anxious? <laughs> I'm only anxious about the like how it will be received by anyone who knows me. And please God, I think if it'll my be mother, well. yeah, but my mother-in-law follows me on Instagram. Right, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to say to the, we're gonna have to put a, 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 a announce it at the start mother-in-law do not please do not listen to this um but yeah we're gonna have we're gonna talk again about the issue which is something that i've had so many messages about like you would not believe the volume of messages i've had about people who are suffering with anxiety or depression who are more worried about their sex life and how are worried about their not their sex life their relationship and how that affects their partner and also what to advise their partner about that so we'll we'll do yeah. another episode and we'll talk about that again yeah absolutely but um for the in the meantime thank you so much caroline thank you thank you cassie thank you scout for staying quiet as always in her little bed <laughs> um and oh, there's a dog in here yeah oh my Scout's, god Scout's over there in her bed 
this is how this is how good she is wow (laughs) yeah um, and Caroline, your books are out at the moment. And if you want to follow, where can people follow um, you? I'm and- on Instagram at Caroline Foreign. I'm also on Twitter at Caroline Foreign. And my books are available like wherever. And your podcast is is owning it. it. The anxiety podcast available wherever you get your podcast. Yeah, that's a good line. I like. Yeah, that I love line. it. Um, so yeah, until next time. Thanks so much for listening again. Thank you for all your reviews and comments and likes and shares and everything that you all do for the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. Um, and I'll talk to you next week. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.